Hi, I'm Stephen John Drew from Better Podcasting, a proud member of the Guinea Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Check out all the other geeky podcasts at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 419 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. This is recorded live on Sunday, September 20th, 2020. And yes, we are one episode away from an inevitable 420 joke of some kind being made. I'm sure we'll come up with something for next week. I don't know. I don't know what it is, and I'm not that creative be honest but i'm chris joining me as per usual today one mr anthony bachman i i think with a week's notice we could probably come up at least one weed joke i think we're we're smart like that we're smart like that we can do it maybe and then also joining us as per normal skittle water where you at skittle water i was an ugly fucking child this guy's creepy (laughs) well thank you for that skittle water we're glad you're here today uh for those didn't notice uh willie's not here today we're not sure what's going on. We're assuming he overslept or he's just in such a rage about not getting his PlayStation 5 pre-order that he has destroyed everything. Like he was so angry about his PlayStation rage that he went on a, a, a Skittle water pizza binge and he's in a carb coma right now. Sleeping in a pizza box with a Skittle water bottle in his arms. Yep. This is this is this is now headcanon. Willie is cooing passed to out. It. He's he's cooing to the bottle as well. Oh. You'll give me my PS5, won't you? My precious you PS5. My precious. Oh, poor Willie. Uh, in all seriousness, he did try and go get a PS5 order, but uh, he kind of got hosed by the fact that uh, they did their event on what was it Wednesday night and said PS5 pre-orders start tomorrow, and then yeah. all the all the groups out there kind of went tomorrow. F it, we're starting it now. So like Walmart, Target, GameStop, they all start doing their pre-orders that afternoon. So I say, do we know who did it first though? Walmart like, is there... supposedly is what I had read on a tech blog was that Walmart was the one that broke the street date first, and then everyone okay. else is like, oh, if they're going, we're going because they all wanted to sell out. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and that makes sense because like if there's no repercussions for breaking the contract that you signed with fucking Sony, then and yeah, one seller is like, oh, we're the only place that has pre-orders right now. Come get them here. Like, yeah, that's driving a lot of business to other stores where then what targets penalized if they don't open their pre-orders. Right. And there were rumors that the numbers weren't that great. Now, granted, nobody can speak officially on the record. But if you read between the lines, some people that work at GameStop or claim to have worked at GameStop have said on like the PS5 subreddit that they got something like 10 to 20 of the disc versions and somewhere between 5 to 10 of the digital versions. And that was it. Yeah, I heard some GameStops were only getting one or two of the digital versions. It, I, like, uh, yeah, the pre-order it, numbers were low, but they were allowed to sell. It's super strange, and I think your mic kicked over to your webcam again for some reason. Again? Motherfucker. Yeah, it, it super hates us. Well, he's figuring that out. We can give a little bit of background here and just say that, yeah, so the PlayStation event was Wednesday night, I believe it was. Willie Nelson was watching it fairly closely, and then he was hoping to get his pre-order, went to GameStop the next day, the day they as soon as they opened rather was in line and said huh no dude we're all sold out so he kind of missed his chance there for getting him his ps5 poor dude but i'm sure he'll uh tell us all about it when slash if he makes it onto the next broadcast i feel bad for him regardless okay i think i switched it back yeah you are back correct now i was just filling airspace fucking thing it's like it's losing the connection it's even though i'm not touching anything maybe your usb (laughs) cable's got a short in or something 
Maybe. Uh, second, I want to have to replace that shit. <laughs> yeah, Goddamn cables. Gah, why don't they make wireless microphones that don't suck? What do I know, though? Yeah, but in all seriousness, it was kind of a cluster how it all went together. Sony issued an apology, sort of, on Twitter saying, we're sorry how that yeah. all shook out. We do have more pre-orders we're going to release, but more pre-orders could just mean one more PlayStation, or it could mean hundreds of thousands more. Who knows at this point in time? Microsoft also sort of got their shot in with a tweet that said, hey, don't worry, we'll let you know when the exact uh, pre-order dates start. Then published a blog post that said, here's all the locations, here's the street date and time that pre-orders start getting taken. And if you believe the rumors have told all of these folks that if you break street date, you will have your orders cut and you will not get as many Xboxes from us to sell. Me yeah, thinks, see, that makes sense. Yeah, me thinks GameStop won't be doing that because it's probably uh, a bit of a rough time at GameStop right now, seeing as it's the pandemic and they've just released a new console for both gen- of the new generations that don't have disk drives on them. So you can't buy used games or disk-based games. And we all know GameStop makes most of their money based off those disk-based games. And I'll be honest, I'm eyeing the, the digital PS5. <laughs> so th- there's an interesting argument to be made for the digital <laughs> version in both. And and I saw it actually pitched by uh, one of the folks who I've seen on a bunch of Metal Jesus Rocks videos who actually she owns game, two game stores in Seattle and said, don't start thinking that digital is going to be the ultimate be all end all. And she, she fully acknowledged because I have an inbuilt bias because I own two game stores. But unless you're just buying all of your new games at new release, you're, that $100 price difference is going to get eaten up pretty quick because disc-based games go on sale a lot more than the digital-based games seem to when it's close to new release. Once you get to that like year-plus age, that's when you start seeing a lot of those really oh, good yeah, sales yeah. with the digital ones go down. So like, if you were someone like myself who's saying, I'll play Avengers eventually, but I'm going to wait about six months until it's 20 or 30 bucks, that 20 or 30 bucks is going to hit the disc-based version sooner than it's going to hit the digital-based version. So that's one thing to consider is that those sales come sooner for the physical media because brick and mortar stores want to get you in there in there spending money and the digital stores don't care as much because it's all pure profit at that point in time. Yeah, because yeah, they're not selling you a copy of something. They're just sending you access to a game that's already mm-hmm. in the system. It, it was an interesting argument. And I looked at it and went, you know, that sort of makes sense to me. I was going to get the disc-based version of whatever I get anyways. But the argument then made sense a little bit to me where I went, yeah, you save 100 bucks up front. But when it's all said and done, if you're buying new releases or things close to the new release date, that's about the only way that $100 price difference doesn't go away. Now, that being said, digital is super convenient. And um, I prefer some games digitally, especially when I'm on my Switch, because then I don't have to juggle cartridges around. Yeah, see, and that's what it's been to me, because I found out that, I mean, honestly, there's no, like, bonus features or anything on games, really. And a lot of the ones that do have them, you still get them when you buy the digital, like the art book for Event uh, Event Horizon Zero Dawn, um, Ghost of Tsushima. Both of those came with, like, art and bonus things that are a separate, like, downloadable feature on the PlayStation Network. So the only reason I really like discs is for my Blu-rays, because I watch all the commentaries, the making of, the gag reel, the little mini docs they shoot. I love all that shit. So I'll pop in a Blu-ray disc, watch a movie, and then sit there and watch, you know, three hours of bonus materials, Mm. like on Spider-Man Far From Home. I watched all of it. But on a game, I much prefer just sitting on my ass and switching from dead by daylight to apex without having to get out of my chair. Oh, I totally get it. (laughs) Yeah. Right now, the only game I play that I've actually put the disc in is No Man's Sky because I got that on sale for like 17 bucks, And it was still like $60 on the digital store, which, you know, she's totally right. The disc was cheap. The digital was expensive as fuck. I got that on hard drive or the hard disc. And so that disc has been in my PlayStation 4 for 
nine months now because yeah. I haven't put another game in. All the other games I routinely like to play are all I bought on digital. So, yeah, it's just it's so much easier to just basically switch between two apps on the PlayStation than it is to get up, take a disc out, put it back in the case, put that back on a shelf, pull the other disc out, put it back in, and then go sit down again. And it gets even easier when they have that quick resume feature that both consoles have sort of touted this next generation where it's if you want to change games, it takes like 10 seconds, then you pick up right where you left off. Yeah. Yeah, which, that, I mean, yeah that's going to be pretty sweet. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's going to that's gonna be pretty sweet. I'm already lazy. You going to let me get more lazy? Yeah. Quicker lazy? More laziness. Well. Yes, please. So it's I'll interesting. Pay for it. Uh, they, but we'll I'll just have to keep an eye open. Hopefully, Willie gets lucky. He's able to get himself a PlayStation 5. But in all honesty, we were talking to him yesterday, and he goes, you know, I don't really have to have it immediately because they kind of announced that all of those things that seemed like they were PlayStation 5-only games, they've kind of also announced they're coming to PS4. So like Spider-Man Miles Morales, it's coming to PS4 now. Yeah. Or also. So there was only like two games, I think it was, when they broke it down that were only on PS5 when it comes out. And Xbox has the same problem right now, too, guys, before everyone starts saying I'm cherry picking. There's not really that must have game that is a system seller for the next generation of consoles. So if you can't pick up your pre-order, it's not necessarily the end of the world because the day this console comes out, you're not really missing anything. In fact, the game that's probably going to push these things the hardest that comes out doesn't come out for like a week after these consoles drop. And that's Cyberpunk. Because they've already announced that they're going to have upgrades for the PS5 and the Xbox Series mm. games. That as soon as you pop the disc in, it downloads and gives you the PS5 and Xbox Series version of the game. That's probably going to be mean, the game that shows you the best of what this system yeah, can that, do. Yeah, that really is like the biggest game that's like in the waiting for the launch of the new consoles, right? Because I can't think of anything other than Cyberpunk that's really been like pushing the envelope on... Like, this is the next big, huge game mm-hmm. that has very intense graphics. I mean, the they, graphics on that game look gorgeous. They do. They did say, like, all the Madden games and stuff will have an updated version. Pfft, yeah, see, that, yeah, the Madden graphics yeah. are what they are, and the Madden games are kind of... They do what they do, yeah. which is cause people to spend 60 bucks a year and then a bunch of microtransactions to play Ultimate Team. Oh, yeah. And the they don't have a competitor great. anymore, so they don't have to worry about trying to be great. So they're just, eh, we'll give you a fucking game. <laughs> yeah, so... If you're still looking for a PS5, there are ways you can find it. The simplest thing I would suggest to you is there's a Twitter account on at Wario64 on Twitter. Tends to be able to break real quick when PS5s come out, when game sales happen, things like that. So I would follow Wario64. I was following along with him on Wednesday night after the PlayStation event. He's like, hey, these are up on Walmart. I clicked the link, went to Walmart. If I wanted a PS5, I could have bought it. I put it in my cart and went huh, that actually worked. I went, I don't need this. And then closed the app and said, no, but I had the chance. And that's because I was following Wario 64 and went, oh, this worked out pretty well. And if you're really concerned, put on notifications for pretty much any tweet he sends. And it's kind of going to blow you up for a few days, but then you'll know when PS fives are available or Xbox series S and X are available, things like that. But again, I don't think there's nothing here that makes me be like, I have to have this on day one. If I get it on day one, I'm okay with it, but if I don't, I'm just as fine waiting a little bit. Yeah, and if you have to have it day one, I would also say uh, what I don't recommend is don't go pay anybody on eBay that says that they have a pre-order to give you. Yeah, because those the are scalpers. some shiesty motherfuckers. And yeah, don't reward them one and two. I mean, you can give them the money, and then you might be able to get it back from eBay when you report that they sent you a code that was worthless. But there, there's no guarantee you're getting that system. <laughs> you are 100% correct. 
Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I'm curious to see reviews on both these systems when they come out to see the differences. Like we've gotten to see some cool stuff when it came to like game loading time where they took the exact same scene they were loading in the outer worlds on an Xbox and said, here it is on the Xbox one X and it took 57 seconds to load. Here it is on the Xbox series X. It took 12 seconds to load into the game. There's some really cool quality of life enhancements coming. But again, we're not at that point where there's that must have game that you have to play for either of these consoles. Because remember, I think they've even said they're going to do the free updates for like Spider-Man Miles Morales. So if you buy that for your PS4 and you get your PS5 a month later, you pop that disc in, they're going to give you the free update PS5 version of it and you just pick up where you left off. So we're okay. Yes, there's scarcity happening because everyone's buying these up. But it's not like last generation when it started, when you had exclusive games that weren't really going to play on the current generation. We, we aren't there right now. So it's interesting in that regard that this new console race is off, but there's not a must-have game for either system that makes you be like, I have to buy this immediately so that I can play this game and be the first person out of my friend group that's like, I've played console-exclusive game X. I wonder if Cyberpunk was Series X and PS5 exclusive, if that would push it a little bit more. Because, I mean, that does seem to be a really fucking popular Maybe, game that people are looking forward but to. But if you're CD Projekt Red, why would you do that? Because there's a yeah. crap load more PS4s and Xbox Ones out there than there are PS5s and Xbox yeah. Series lines that'll be out there. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. It just Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, if that was the next big game and, like, if it wasn't coming out to, like, June of next year. And so they're like, no, we're only doing it for PS5 and it's only Xbox Series X. I wonder if that would would change things so at this point i would not be surprised if for the next couple next year or so maybe 18 months or so you see what microsoft was talking about in their press event which was all of our games we have coming out in the short to intermediate term is going to be available on both the xbox one line and the xbox series line that they've made no bones about that fact remember they took some crap for that too when their press event came out that was oh is this going to hold back the uh the Xbox Series line, because they've got to make it so this game runs on both the Xbox One and the Series line. Guys, Sony's doing the same thing. They just kind of buried the lead, and we didn't find out about it until this week. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, because we're in the middle of a pandemic, number one, so money's tight, and a lot of people are going, I don't want to drop 500 somewhere between 300 to $500 on a new console, and why bother? I'm not saying don't go buy one if you don't want one, but it's not must-have devices. And I'm sort of telling this to myself so that I'm psyching myself up (laughs) so so that on Tuesday when I take a 15-minute break from work and get ready for my pre-orders, if I don't get one, I'm like, God damn it, and start smashing things and rampaging around my house. I'll be honest. Well, plus, if you don't pre-order it, then your wife can get you one. Well, my wife <laughs> is pre-ordered. My wife wants to pre-order one for herself, so we're both <laughs> going to be trying to find them in a variety of different digital storefronts. Of course, of course. We are both looking at doing the whole all-access plan. Once we did the math of realizing, you know, thirty-five bucks a month, we can certainly swing that right now. As in, I'm, I'm wondering also because from what I've heard, um, Dead by Daylight has made it known that if you own Dead by Daylight on PS4. And I don't know about any other systems. That's the one I the think the tweet I saw specifically is for PS4. It said when you buy a PS5, you can move the game to there and you will still have everything you've unlocked. So I wonder how many games that are like running on the Battle Pass subscription now. Like, because I mean, you know, playing Apex on fucking PS4, all of my unlocks are on my PS4. They're not on my PC. So like it's a different account. Right. But when crossplay comes across, then it's a question of, do I then have two different Apex accounts? And if I buy a PS5 and download Apex and log in with my PlayStation account, 
am I still going to have all the skins for the guns and everything and all my stats that I've unlocked on PS4? Are those going to transfer to PS5? I don't know. Because apparently Dead by Daylight saying it is. And yeah. so they're the one company so far behavior as like, no, if you own Dead by Daylight, you will have it on the next system. We're not making you rebuy it. I think, for, I think Fortnite works similarly is that if you log in with the same account across things, it carries things over. But I don't know because I don't really play. I, I was trying to find some stuff on it. GameSpot had an article saying Dead by Daylight bound for PS5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, project manager says this is their way of building up to the next gen versions by introducing a series of free updates for visuals, graphics, lighting, animations, and more on PC, Xbox One while building up for the next generation. Which, yeah, and they the last three passes, they just did an update like two weeks ago, a week ago, that is, oh my God, it doesn't even look like the game I started playing, you know, yeah. like two years ago. That's what a lot they of did, folks have said. The last visual update on Dead by Daylight is so different, and they've updated so much of the graphics that it is insane. It's almost a diff- almost a fully different game visually now. Okay, so like it's beautiful. So here's the tweet. This is well, this will clarify it. from the official Twitter account. They say Dead by Daylight is coming to next gen consoles in holiday 2020. The game will feature improved graphics over current gen versions and receive regular updates. Already playing Dead by Daylight on console. When you upgrade your console, you'll get the game for free and keep all of your progress. So there we go. Yeah. So regardless of the system you are playing on right now, when you upgrade, you'll get, well, I'm assuming if you went from PS4 to Xbox Series or the other way around, PlayStation, or excuse me, uh, Xbox to PlayStation 5, I'm not sure how that would work when it comes to the upgrade. I don't assume that's going yeah. to work. As, as long as you're staying in the same you, console yeah. family, you're good to go. Interesting. And the poor like people it. that just got Dead by Daylight on the Switch, they get nothing. Nothing! You get nothing, sir. The the precedent's been established, (laughs) and there is a rumor out there that Nintendo is looking at a more powerful Switch that will be supposedly be capable of 4K visuals when docked. (laughs) The Switch U? Who knows what they'll actually call. I mean, it should be capable of it because the guts are basically the same as what's in an NVIDIA Shield streaming box, which can Uh play games at 4K. I have one upstairs, and it pushes out pretty graphics. So, in theory, it would be possible. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. But... Tune in next week for the latest update, though, as to how the pre-order madness goes. Has Willie been able to secure a PS5? And did Chris get mad and not get an Xbox? My guess <laughs> and, is... And and has Tony finished Ghost of Tsushima so he can even bother looking at new games yet? <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, that's what I keep telling myself is, Chris, you've got enough stuff that you don't have to worry about it if you can't get one immediately. Oh, no, it won't look quite as pretty on the new on your TV. But I have cares? PS3 games I've been finished. Yeah. Like, why am I looking at a new system? <laughs> I keep telling it's myself ridiculous. the same thing, too. <laughs> but I have a problem. What do I know? <laughs> Willie, Willie, how do you... Consumers. How does it make you feel thinking about the new next-gen consoles? I meant to ask you that, Willie. Oh, sensual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Willie's excited is what it comes down to. Sounds like it. Uh, good for you, Willie Nelson, a.k.a. Skittlewater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to forget that name at some point, but I keep reusing it now so that hopefully I don't forget. Oh, no. Skittlewater is sticking around. Just like Johnny Skittlewater. Skittlewater sticking around just like the news of the week. Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. Well, 
Welcome to the News of the Week. It's that part of the show where we run down what's in our minds. Some of the most interesting geeky and or nerdy news to have popped up here in the last week and share it with you guys. Uh, granted, we already sort of did that because we started talking about console pre-orders. But it's relevant and it has a personal interest to most of the hosts on this show because we're all sort of considering, do I want that next-gen console? I mean, I do. Oh, I want it. I just don't think I need it in November. That's where I'm leaning right now. But if it works out, I might get it in November. Who knows? I'm weak right now because we're in the middle of a pandemic and I really need things to do and things make me feel better. And buying shiny new technology makes me feel better. <laughs> As someone who just spent way too much on a brand new Lego kit. Yeah, yeah, Dude, did yeah. You, did you see the new Batman Lego kit they announced? No, but I, I got a I got a Razor Crest in the mail. Ooh. They they just announced and showed pictures of the 1989 Batwing that they made a Lego. Oh, the 89 Batwing? The 89 Batwing that they're making a Lego kit for. I don't know how much it costs, and I was afraid to look. I was going to say, does it come with like a a stand that it hangs from? Let's see. Oh, it's already out, I guess, because yesterday was Batman Day. The the new Batman 1989 Batwing set has 2,363 pieces, can be hung on your, can be hung like art on your wall. Excuse me. Ah, okay. Let's see. Oh, wow. It looks kind of big, too. Yeah, Holy comes with three Lego minifigs, including Batman, the Joker, and the Joker wearing his alternate costume. Excuse me, the Joker wearing an alternate costume and a henchman. That thing is awesome looking. Uh, Batwing has a cockpit that opens and a clear removable canopy and posable wing flaps, also equipped with tiny machine guns and rocket launchers. Hell yeah. For those that might be in the chat room, excuse me, I'm putting the link in there now to the article on CNET. When you hang it up on the wall, you hang it just like when it flies up and has the moon as the backdrop. So... That looks pretty cool, but I would also be afraid of doing it because it would probably fall, knowing my luck, and shatter. I'm surprised it's not as expensive as I thought it would be. It's only 200 bucks. Well, this is not too bad because, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a lot of pieces on that set. Like, that is a good-sized vehicle. Okay, I think so it's not tiny. Let me clarify. They announced it on Batman Day. It goes for sale on November 1st for all users, and for LEGO VIP members, you can buy it on October 21st. Excuse me, I misspoke on that one. But this falls oh, yeah, in line it's with henchman Bob with the mustache. Yeah, and they did do the 1989 Batmobile last year, so this is just them following up on cool vehicles. Does that mean we get the Batboat next year for um, Batman Returns? Because that'd be pretty sweet. Maybe. I guess that was more of like a skiff or something like that, though. I don't know. I want a Batwing now, guys. We need all the Bat vehicles. Yeah. Screw consoles. I need a Batwing. I don't know where I'm going to put it because <laughs> I still haven't made half my Legos I want to make. Oh. Uh. My 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 life for more shelf space. Right. I need more shelf and wall space. Well, if I take out my couch, I can replace that with all shelves. <laughs> if I take out this wall and put up two more walls, <laughs> <laughs> then I'll have more wall space. <laughs> there we go. I could take down all the figures hanging up on my wall in my office and convert that to hanging space for other stuff, which realistically I probably should because those were things I bought when I was younger and I was like, oh, it's cheap artwork. Put these action figures up on the wall. Some of them might be worth some money, though. So if anyone knows anything about, like, uh, what are they? The DC Universe figures and the Marvel Legends figures and where I can find an idea of what they go for online, let me know. I might try and clear some of my collection out. I've actually done that before, and honestly, all I did was I took each one and I put, the like, the full name of it in an Amazon search and then in an eBay search. Okay. And if you compare those two, because, like, you'll find, like, the random action figure that nobody has anymore... I had I had some stupid one of the Marvel ones that was still in a box and apparently had a really low print run. And so it was something I'd bought like off a shelf for 15 bucks and I sold it on eBay for like eighty five dollars. Damn. Yeah. If you you go on Amazon and search for something like if it's one of those ones that nobody has, it's not for sale anywhere. 
It'll be available from one seller for $3,000. It's because it's one guy has it. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I just Googled one that I knew might be a bit higher, and it's one that I found on the clearance rack at Walmart many years ago. But it <laughs> is the uh, the DC Universe Classic Zatanna Walmart exclusive that oh, nice. I bought for like 7 bucks. that's going for 70 bucks on eBay right now. There you go. There we go. <laughs> I might have to sell some of these. But I'm really lazy, so I might just try and go to the local comic book shop and say, what do you give me for the lot of these? <laughs> They're going to give you one quarter portion. Yeah, but then I don't have to worry about trying to ship things through eBay right now. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I don't want to have to ship a bunch of things and then worry about getting destroyed in transit. Because you got to yeah. pack these things pretty nicely to keep them in uh, good shape. Yeah, and if you're selling a collectible toy to someone that's a collector, they want that oh, thing yeah. to show up as good as it looks in the pictures that you sent when you advertised well, it. I mean, so. this one's in pretty good shape as I look up at the wall right now. I, I, yeah, it's all right. I could do all right with that, I think. I should go look and see what some of these other ones are. I'm going to I'm gonna Google <laughs> a couple of these because I'm curious. What do you got for your news this week so I can be lazy and look up other things? <laughs> All right, well, while you're looking at that, I will talk about the fact that Mando wins, Mando wins, Mando wins, Mando wins. Um, if you weren't following the Mandalorian's uh, Twitter account like I do, uh, you may not be aware that they had the Emmys, uh, uh, the, the, the technical Emmys, I think is what they call them. So it's all the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's the ones where it's the show where it's not a bunch of actors. They still, I mean, they still used to hold it. I don't think they actually did a live version of it this time. But it's the one for all the behind-the-scenes stuff, like stunts, sound editing, um, the the guys that build the sets, the costume, and all the stuff that we don't actually see when they do the live show of the Emmys. And The Mandalorian was up for, uh, I believe it was eight Emmys, and goddamn if they didn't win seven. So yeah, they uh, from an article That's I found awesome. on a Screen Rant, yeah, they had the first season of The Mandalorian has won two more Emmys for original score and stunts, giving the Disney Plus show seven wins in total. So, yeah, I got it for... Where's the list? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It picked up 15 nominations. So it ended up winning half of what it was nominated for, which is still insane for, you know, a brand-new show using brand-new technology. Like, they, they, you know, the John Favreau basically created a, man, created a Star Wars world in which they could shoot video and created the show inside of it with a, a group of, what, like six or seven directors? Like... They, you know, they yeah, it was a group of different directors. Yeah. And yeah, so they ended up winning for, see, now one for two more categories. Ludwig Goreson got the show's first win of the night for outstanding music composition for a series for original dramatic score. Uh, shortly thereafter, Mandalorian won an Emmy for outstanding stunt coordination for drama series, which is awesome. Because honestly, if you watch the fights and the gunfights in this show, the stuntmen on the show are kick-ass. And apparently, um, watching some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, they said basically there's three Mandalorians. So there's the actual actor playing Mando when he's just doing his stuff. There's one specific guy for the gunfights and another specific guy for the actual fighting that's like a really well-trained Capoeira martial artist stuntman. So whenever Mando's moving really smooth, it's one stuntman. Whenever he's shooting really smooth, it's another stuntman. And whenever he's standing there talking, it's whiskey. <laughs> well, I, I believe it is uh, John Wayne's grandson who is the uh, gunslinger version of the Mandalorian stunt. Oh, novel. is that the one that was uh, the gunslinger? Mm -hmm. I believe so. Nice. I think it's the way that the other one, the the stuntman, if I remember correctly, the one that does Capoeira is uh, an African American dude with like uh, dreads. Yeah. And so like they had to bind them together and get them under the helmet 
Like I, that would be that seems like it would be so uncomfortable to have that so much hair under a helmet <laughs> and so hot when you're moving around and doing all these fight sequences. But yeah, I mean the the fight sequences of that show were fantastic. Yeah, so they won for that. Um, I guess also Carlo Esposito didn't win for outstanding guest actor for his role in episode eight, which kind of sucks. But it's not like Carlo Esposito doesn't already have a couple awards. Like the dude's done some acting, and as we've seen at the end of the season with the dark saber, it's not like he's not coming back. So. There's always a chance for next season, which starts next month. Uh, see. Then they also won for uh, visual effects, cinematography, sound mixing, sound editing, and production design, which means one for the child. The child won an Emmy because the little bot that they made was so cool and so cute and took the goddamn world by storm and that it was an Emmy winning design. So, yeah, the, man, the Mando wins. And, yeah, if they didn't have, you know, more reason you know, to keep putting money into that show, it now has a shelf with seven Emmys on it. Yeah, so that helps. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to hurt. We know that all of season two is already shot and they've been doing the post-production stuff. It's coming out next month. We're getting, you know, um, uh, supposedly we're getting Rosario Dawson. We're getting Tamara Morrison. We're getting uh, Katie Sackoff, like all of these. Well, and Tamara Morrison's uh, agent or agent, the agency that uh, his agent works through confirmed he's Boba Fett. Yeah. As if we so, all I mean, didn't know. Yeah, we're we're get, we're getting yeah we're getting classic characters back in. We're getting new characters that we wanted to see in live action, like Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, and then hopefully I'm I'm really hoping my fingers that we're getting you know Katie Sackhoff back as a uh, uh, Katan. What was Bo Katan? Bo Katan. I want to say Boss Katan. I'm like I know that's not right, but I know it's close. Yeah, Boss Ass Bo Katan. There we go. That's what it is. Katie Sackhoff being a boss. Yeah. Yeah, it, it as if as if they're like, oh no, look what we made more Star Wars. Do you do you like Sack it? Off. And yes, apparently the Emmys loved it and give them seven Emmys for it. So yeah, Mando's not going away anytime soon. I think this pretty much guarantees we'll get season three and four as long as things keep going well. Yeah, I think that was going to be happening anyways. And it was interesting you mentioned the fact they had all those different directors at the top of the show. Where that becomes interesting is they took a copy of the volume, which is that set they shipped on, or they yeah. they did all the work on. They shipped it to Australia, where Taika Waititi is doing Thor: Love and Thunder. Remember, Taika Waititi directed oh, one wow. episode, uh, maybe two of the Mandalorian. I can't remember. So he's got experience yeah, and he's with in it. Like, and he's also in like four of them. Yeah, so he's got experience with it, and now he's going to have oh, the so volume doing love to use thunder for Thor: in Love the and volume? Thunder. Yeah. Oh. It might be even more of a He-Man movie than the last He-Man movie he gave us. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool, right? <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. That's going to be such a good thing. Yeah, it's going to be weird to see, like, because, I mean, apparently most of season two was done before all of this COVID stuff happened. So the season two Mandalorian that we're about to see, I'm assuming it's going to be the same type of thing where John Favreau got a group of five or six directors together and they worked throughout the season basically on everything. Because one of the things I loved was in the behind-the-scenes shots, they'd be showing one director doing their specific episode, and off to the side would be Dave Filoni, John Favreau, and three of the other directors. Like, yeah. they were there for quite a lot of it. So the idea that you got these insanely talented people that are all very gifted storytellers, and it seems like for the majority of the filming, what they actually did was just had everybody there. And so even if you weren't the person in charge of that episode... Those people were still there, like Taika Waititi or Bryce Dallas Howard were there to give input if they saw something that could be improved or could be changed or could maybe work a little better a certain way. That's what like the, the roundtable made it seem like. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, the idea of having like a round table of directors working on a series, that's crazy. Evidently, though, Taika was too busy. He didn't have a chance to do anything for season two, which is kind of a bummer. But good for him for having that problem of being too busy to go back and do exactly. Star Wars. Uh, well, he's got that little program. vampire show that nobody yeah, watches. Vampire show. So quick side note, we were talking about morning, Jasmine. Yeah, good morning, Jasmine. We were talking about some of the stuff that uh, action figures I might be cleaning out. I remembered that I had bought this little Funko Pop from Mass Effect. It's Tally Zora. And I bought it for seven bucks on Amazon when it was dirt cheap because it's like, I don't know if I actually want this. So I just Googled it and then went to a Funko price guide, which shows like the last few eBay listings. It's sold from anywhere between a hundred to $170. So, uh, me thinks I may have to, uh, potentially part with my Tally Zora Funko pop that is actually in pretty good shape. There's only just a minor little, little Nick here on the corner of the box. So yeah, go me. That's two thirds of an Xbox Series X almost. <laughs> Indeed, that's not bad. <laughs> Wait, am I logged into PPG? My PPG account. And for those that were watching live mm. video, we did have a momentary hiccup there, so I had to kill the live video stream while we were recording. It seems like it's back, and we should actually be moving on screen. The video was frozen for a little <laughs> bit. I don't. Is that know what why. that was? I'm like, why is the screen flashing? I'm about to have a seizure. Yeah, we we had a weird <laughs> hiccup. The audio was still going out, so that presumably is okay. I guess I'll have to look and see what the uh, video or the uh, recording looks like when it's all said and done. That could be fun. All things good, nerdy technical diff. All things. Speaking of, it just swapped you over to your other microphone. <laughs> Again? Yeah. Motherfucker. I heard it go click, and then he went over to your webcam mic. We're here for technical issues today, guys. But don't worry. We're going to pull through this show because we have the spirit of Willie Nelson with us. God damn it. You know what I want? Well, I want the option. And you know it. Sorry. I want now I can't mic. even hear it. Okay, now you're back. There we go. I want the option to get rid of my webcam mic so it can't make that choice. Right? Wouldn't that be great? Fucking webcam should come with a mic because that mic is shite. Well, it's shite. You got to remember, though, for most people's purposes, they don't have to use anything other than a webcam mic. Although we are in a work from home period now and a lot of people teleworking, it made it really hard to find USB headsets for a while there because everyone yeah. was buying them up. And same with trying to find webcams and stuff like that. They were all getting bought up and the prices went whoop way, way up. Well, it was work from home. It was also every comedian who didn't have a podcast started a podcast this year. So <laughs> yeah. there was, yeah, podcasting gear was, was a uh, scarce, hard to find. Sure was. Although I will yeah. say whenever I have to call in for uh, telecons or excuse me, Skype calls or team calls meetings, te- excuse me, Microsoft teams meetings at work, I uh, tend to hook in my US, my, uh, re320 right here so i bet you no one on that call has got better audio quality than oh me. yeah <laughs> that's that's been the one upside of doing um uh teleconference interviews mm-hmm. while i've been unemployed is that i call in and they're like oh do you know how to use skype <laughs> it's like uh yeah i'm good do, do i like, know how to use yeah. skype because <laughs> you got to figure most of the people calling in are like calling in with you know like an apple headset mic plugged True. into their freaking speakers and they probably sound like ass so, yeah, at least I'm not blowing out their ears and they can understand what I'm saying. That's true. So I'll go next with uh, my news on this for this feature. It's sort of a two part thing because I didn't I didn't actually put the first part in there. But, uh, hey, the DC Universe <coughs> is finally dead. I don't know what the hell just hit my window. OK, yeah, so it was the birds. It no, the it's birds. the neighbor kids outside throwing shit around and one of them hit my window. <laughs> it didn't break, but kill him. 
Kill him, Chris. Kill him. <sighs> their idea God, of how to let their bastards. kids do stuff is just, I live in a townhouse community, so we have shared backyards. So they just go and scream outside at random times during the day. Like, I kid you not, it's like 10 a.m. The kid goes and stands on the back porch and screams for 30 seconds straight. And I'm like, what the hell? I kind of want to just put one of my USB, my Bluetooth speakers out there and start playing like super profane gangster rap or something like that when they start doing it. Oh, no, you got to get like some cannibal corpse speed metal to blare at them. Yeah, there you go. That'll scare little fuckers off. All right, so back to my news story here. <laughs> uh, the DC Universe app is dead in its form as a <laughs> street. Now they're back on my porch again. <laughs> Excuse me. Goddamn kids. Damn it. Don't make me come out there. I don't know what's so hard about staying off other people's property, but instead like the kid runs and plays on my back deck and I hear him just stomping around. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And the dad just lets him. And I've gone out there and be like, Hey, you guys need to stop. Cause if someone gets hurt, I'm liable for it. If you play on my back deck, but they don't give a crap. So it's really annoying. And this is a new thing where they decide to play when we're doing this show. And it's really pissing me off. Yeah. You need a hose on your back deck to where you can just like open the door and splash the little fucker with a hose. I kind of just want to fence in my back deck. Uh, that that's an option too yeah the idea that they're running and playing in your fucking yard is ridiculous well that's townhouses so who knows how that actually works but coming up on my deck is actually my property yeah and i'm more worried that the way their parenting style is their kid's gonna act a fool fall and get hurt on my deck and be like, it's your fault my kid did that they got hurt on your property and then i'll be the one that gets the lawsuit no big like, <laughs> how is it my fault you can't parent your child no shit so I'll try the third time now to get my news story out before they come and do something stupid in my property again, which is DC Universe app is officially dead in one shape and form, which is when it comes to streaming content, that's all gone. They are pivoting into a streaming comic book model where after six months of a book hitting publishers stands, it'll be available for uh, consuming via the DC Universe app or whatever they're renaming it to. But all of the television content and streaming content is presumably moving over to HBO Max. Why do I mention that? Because they also announced this week that Harley Quinn got greenlit for its third season. It will be on HBO Max. And same thing we've seen with uh, Doom Patrol. And we're hoping to hear for Young Justice and things like that. Since they're taking all the streaming content out of there, I assume that content is all being moved over to HBO Max. Which makes me happy because I want to watch the last season of Young Justice and I haven't seen it yet. And I love that program. Love it. Well, at least until you know they get rid of Swamp Thing, gets done with the CW and leaves the CW app. And then it'll go on to DC Universe. Then eventually it'll all be on one app. Maybe. Someday. Well, they got to wait Unlikely. for the Netflix deal DC to run out, too, somehow. because they have a deal for some of the CW programs right now where they come to Netflix immediately, <laughs> and they've got to let that run out. Who knows? Uh, no one shoots himself in the foot like DC. Mm, you're not wrong. No time frame was announced for Harley Quinn's third season during the announcement, but there's a, what'd they say? But with only a five-month gap between season one's February 2020 release and season two this past June, it's possible the show may be right around the corner. We'll see what happens. It's pretty good. I've enjoyed it. I've not watched all of it. I've only watched five or six episodes so far because I've got distracted with other things. But yeah, there is a lot of shows. There's too much. Yeah, at, at some point, I would like to sit down and watch all the Titans and the Harley Quinn show. Yeah, I wouldn't mind watching Titans. But as soon as Young Justice becomes available, that's what I'll be finishing up because I've watched the first two seasons. Season three, I haven't watched. And season four is supposedly on its way. And thanks, everyone, for listening to me bitch about my neighbor's children. I appreciate it. It was therapeutic. <laughs> kids. I still say a high-pressure hose, and it's every time the little fucker steps on the porch, just blast him in the face with it. Hey, I was cleaning my porch. He ran up to me. <laughs> yep. I don't know. It 
I just think back and here's where I show my age, I guess. When I was a kid, yeah, we ran around and did stupid things. But, you know, we didn't mess with other people's stuff or go on other people's property. Like when yeah. we were playing, throwing around the baseball, if my if the baseball went into my neighbor's yard, it was we'd go knock on the door. Be like, hey, I accidentally uh, tossed my baseball. It landed in your backyard. Is it OK if we go back there and get it? Stuff like that. Common courtesy, which is something that is seemingly missing a lot in today's world, which I will Indeed. not go on a masking rant right now about people who don't have the common <laughs> courtesy to wear a mask around other people. But just know it's their people. I could go on that tangent. Mm-hmm. I'm well equipped for it. We, we could definitely do a full episode of political dick mode. We're just all three no. of us are in full dick mode for an hour. <laughs> I, I don't have the energy to be so mad anymore on politics right now. I am taking, if people have followed my Twitter account, I've taken a pretty decent break. I still read and consume a little bit of stuff, but I have kind of taken a break of chiming in on things right now because I already have my decisions made. Me touting what those are is not going to change anything right now. And it's better for my mental health to not be out there just yelling into the void because I don't think Twitter is going to change anyone's opinion or Facebook Probably or anything not. like that. I've got better things to do with my time right now. Yeah, there's still more video games out there we haven't finished playing. Right. Yeah, and they're stomping on my deck again. So my apologies, anyone listening, is <laughs> this is a new development where I have to worry about people jumping onto my deck and throwing things in the window when we do a podcast now. I love it. I, I, I think you need to set some bear traps in your yard. Bear traps. I need to get some bear mace and just cross there. Pfft, there you go. Bear mace. <laughs> no, I would get sued for that. Oh, I was just protecting my porch. I don't know why your child was there while I was macing my porch. That's on you. <laughs> I like a peppery porch, damn it. That's right. <laughs> Sounds like a new supervillain name of some kind. It had the right Every alliteration, porch? at least. Yeah, it's got alliteration. That's half of a name. That's a, a sidekick at best. That's not a supervillain. It's definitely a sidekick. That's oh, the, the, the Grand Hotel and his sidekick, the Peppery Porch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I think that does wrap up News of the Week. I, unless Willie has joined us. I don't think Willie has joined us, so we won't be having any, any Willie time. But let me double check. Willie, are you here with us? I'm not a savage. I'm just creepy. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that, Willie. We're, we're glad you could chime in with such uh, helpful, helpful information. I guess that being said, it's really tough to do this show longer when it's two people because we normally have that third <laughs> news story to bank on yeah. to, to flesh things out. I guess we've hit that point of the show where we get into that segment called What I'm Into. It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date just what kind of geeky and or nerdy things we've been getting into so that maybe, just maybe, you might want to go check them out yourselves. Uh, Anthony, why don't you kick us off? What you be getting into, buddy? Uh, doing a whole lot of reading. I'm trying to bring up my Goodreads to remember what number I'm at. Um, I've had to change my Goodreads goal number for the year a couple of times because, uh, you know, I did uh, two years ago. I, my total was 50 and I hit that. So I was pretty happy. I tried um, 60 last year. And then fell a little bit short. I ended up in like 54 books at the end of the year. So I was like, all right, let's try 50 again. I'll be good for this year. And then, of course, you know, COVID and staying inside happened, which made reading a lot of books a lot easier. Uh, so as of right now, I bumped my goal up to 70, and I'm at 65 books, and it's only September. So odds are I'll probably clear 80 because, yeah, I mean, between novels and graphic novels, I've been tearing through a bunch of stuff. And um, lately I got... Um, the, the Comixology Unlimited app again. And there are so many graphic novels on there, including um, I went and just read on uh, the past maybe week, I've read four of the Dr. Aphra novels uh, for Star Wars. Um, 
Ray Anthony Height has actually been picked up on um, when that book comes back. He's going to be doing some of the artwork on that. So I was like, you know, I never read all those Dr. Afro books. I need to read those. And yeah, so I uh, finished reading uh, Dr. Afro's volume one, two, three, and four. And right now I'm partway through the collected trade of Vader Down, which also has Dr. Afro in it. And then, yeah, there's just so much stuff on that app to read. I've been loving it. And yeah, I also, I downloaded all of the boys omnibus volumes. So I have all six of those set to go, which those are a little bit thicker because of the omnibus volume. So the, the numbers won't be as intense, but it's a too. lot of pages. I've yeah, got, I just pages. started reading through omnibus volume one. <laughs> and yeah. And of course with the boys, I also uh, just finished watching episode four, five, I think Whatever is the, the most recent. Is it, is it five is the newest one? Yeah. Yeah. So got caught up on that. Watched the post show again. That goddamn Inside the Boys with with um, Aisha Tyler is just so damn funny. And the actors being able to sit there like out of character and talk about like the world in which their characters inhabit and like their thoughts on certain scenes. It's just it's it's really good to see like um, some of the questions she asked them and taking different views on stuff. And then, like the weird shit that they come up with on that post show talking about like Gil Herbies. Like they just make up some random weird shit. And the fact that the laser baby is on the show. I love that the laser baby is on the show and it's a segment <laughs> like that. That's a very popular baby. Yes. And then uh, almost yeah, as also, popular as the child. Almost. <laughs> yeah, not quite, but almost. And then I uh, also got another thing in the mail. Got a little bit of relentless action. I got me some Darby Allen from the AEW store. Cause yeah, of all, of all the, the, the new wrestlers that I had never heard of. Um, start, when I started watching AEW, I think Darby Allen may be one of my favorites. And especially in a world where, you know, Tony Hawk's popular enough to bring his game back. Having a skateboarding pro wrestler is kind of one of the coolest things in the world. I just wish someone would buy him a full pair of pants. It seems weird that he wears like cut off shorts over leggings. It's like the strangest wrestling attire ever. I don't know why. It just it seems so weird. But yeah, I mean, I've been loving watching that kids matches. And yeah, the shirt's really cool, too. And it also it came with a face mask, which, oh, yeah, where's it at? So yeah, so I was, or it didn't come with it, but I also got the Darby Allen face mask. So with the half I skull, out, oh, yeah, I could now go out with the half skull face mask matching the shirt that I'm wearing and be that kind of a mark because I am a full on mark for AEW. Having actually it's paid okay, 50, so am I. <laughs> yeah, but having actually paid 50 bucks for the last pay-per-view, watched it on my computer because, yeah, the BR Live app actually worked great. Didn't have any problem rewatching it because I watched it like two days after it came out. So I didn't watch it live, but I watched the replay of it and, yeah, paid full fucking freight and was not sad. The, the mimosa match was fucking fantastic. And then, uh, what was the other really good one that night? The the, the tag team, both tag team matches were yeah, really good. Yeah, the tags were good. And then, uh, wasn't that Moxley and JDF? MJF. MJF. Yeah. MJF. yeah. That was some Too old school names. wrestling there. Yeah. It was just a straight up beat down. But yeah, so watching that. And then, yeah, um, I finished, I uh, watched all three seasons finally of The Colony on Netflix. Uh, which turned out to be you know a much better show than I thought it was going to be, and massively changes from season one to one to two to three. Like each one is almost a totally different show. And after finishing those, um, I started watching Away last night, which is that new one with um, Hillary Swank on Netflix, where it's um, a team of astronauts heading to Mars. And that one's got some got some solid acting in it, but like by episode five, like it's super depressing. I'm wondering how much of an arc it has as a show by the end of the season, if it gets a little more uplifting because like halfway in and it's like, 
Ugh, like just everybody's life that, sucks. That's what like, I was afraid of. I put it in my watch list because I watched the trailer and went, this looks really good. But I was like, I feel like this could get really depressing. And I was like, I'm not sure I need that in my life right now. <laughs> yeah. So like, it, you know, it's, it's a little tough to swallow, but at the same time, you know, I can always go watch the league or letter Kenny. So I can always boost that's myself true. if I need to, but yeah, it's just, they, and there, there's so much content. And then, um, I think I mentioned it last week as well, but yeah, they, uh, they re put up the babysitter to like get it attention again on Netflix for those who are just now watching the babysitter two, uh scream queen and goddamn if Robbie Amell doesn't kill both those movies. He's the most ridiculous shirtless character in the history of horror films. And he's great in both goddamn movies. <laughs> so yeah, if, if you want something just ridiculous splatter fest gore to watch, like both the babysitter movies are fantastic. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And then yeah, apex and dead by daylight had a couple of good matches in both this week. Looking forward to, you know, the next set of updates, the next round of stuff. And then, yeah, Dead by Daylight just looks so different now. The the updates they made to how you work on the generators, the the grass in the buildings, the updates of actual textures, changing how some of the buildings look on different maps. It's just they've made so many changes. It's almost not even the same game it was when I started playing it. It's amazing. That's yeah, not necessarily that's what I've been getting thing. into. Yeah, if, no, it's, if it's you get cool. a chance, I don't know if it's been put up on YouTube yet, but the street fight that Proud and Proud and Proud and Powerful and the Best Friends had this week on AEW Dynamite mm. is quite possibly the best street fight I have ever seen. Mick Foley even chimed in and said something to that effect. Nice. Yeah, when, I did see the highlight of what happened to Trent. I did yeah. see that on a clip on Twitter, when, but I haven't seen the whole thing. When the hardcore legend himself chimes in and says yeah. it's a really good hardcore fight or a street fight, you know it's pretty good. And it was interesting the way Mick Foley described it. He goes, he goes, you guys aren't going to believe me when I say this. He goes, but this was done about as safely as it could be done, but was still brutal. Like he goes, they didn't take crazy shot, crazy high rising shots and bumps or anything like that, but they took brutal moves that were safe. It Which was is probably good. Cause yeah, after the, the injury to Matt Hardy, they, they probably want to stay away from the high flying stunts for a bit. This, this week's dynamite was the best episode of dynamite they've had ever. It was packed to through the gills, which is good stuff. And there was not even the dark order on it. There was no Dark Order <laughs> this week. And the Dark no Order is one of my favorite bits on Dynamite right now. Join the Dark Order. Join Dark Order. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I will admit I'm a mark for Mr. Brody Lee. Especially if you watch any of the Being the Elite videos where all he does is just scream fuck at people. It's hilarious. I've been, I finally started watching those, but I'm only like six episodes in. So I'm like on the Being the Elite. I'm like with the Bucks and like in a Kenny Omega in Japan in 2015. Yeah. So like I'm so far behind. You might want, because they reference it in dynamite and things. You might want to start watching some of the more recent ones and then jump back to get the background. I haven't watched any of the old ones. I started watching it when they started tying it in with AEW stuff and they do a pretty okay. good job of giving backstory on things or giving people moments to shine where they don't get to on TV necessarily to kind of give you a wink and a nod towards things like the dark order itself gets to do hilarious stuff on being the elite. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, because I was actually um, one of the other things I began into. I downloaded all the episodes of the AEW Unrestricted podcast. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I went back and I've been listening to that from the beginning. There's like, I think, 20 some odd episodes. So it hasn't been going that long. But like they've basically been going down the list and just interviewing everybody at the company. Yep. And I was listening to the Young Bucks episode. And they're talking about at one point, I guess, in being the elite, one of them had superpowers. At another point, they did an exorcism. So, like, you know what? I'm just going to go watch all of these because they're just all on YouTube. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I went all the way back to the beginning because I want to see, like, the whole story. Yeah, but there are ways up there. And if you get a chance also, because this sort of gets into what I've been getting into, is uh, uh, Jericho's show, Talk is Jericho. He has 
not every episode is wrestling centric, but he's done a good job of bringing in some of the more interesting folks that have been involved with AEW. And like, I just listened to the episode. He had Thunder Rosa on and Thunder Rosa is awesome. Uh, the NWA women's champion who challenged Hikaru Shida for the belt and like hearing her backstory and everything. And her match this last week on dynamite was awesome. And then leads to her and Shida in a tag team match this week, this upcoming week. It's going to, it's going to be really good. I'm a full blown wrestling Mark again, but he had Thunder Rosa on and uh, Colt Cabana's art of wrestling just started its new season. He had Matt Hardy on, which was a really interesting interview. Colton, Matt, yeah, there's yeah. some wrestling there. Yeah. Holy shit. It, it was pretty cool. So I don't get to listen to a ton of podcasts lately, but I've been making it a point of instead of turning on Netflix while I cook dinner in the evenings, I've got an Amazon device in there and it hooks into my podcast app. So I just tell it to resume playing my go. podcast. And I've been getting caught up on things that way. So that's been fun. Uh, other stuff I've been getting into since I'm, oh, that's the wrong button, since I'm on the hook right now. <laughs> He's been getting into Willie, who was an ugly fucking child. Who was an ugly child. Uh, Mario, All- Mario All-Stars 3D arrived on Friday on my front doorstep, oh. which is uh, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy. I've only played one of those, which was Mario 64, because I didn't have a GameCube until late in its cycle, and I didn't buy Mario Sunshine, and I never bought Mario Galaxy on my Wii when I had it, so... This was my first chance game to play those games. I played a little bit right. of Mario Sunshine, but I really wanted to try Mario Galaxy. And I friggin' love it. And it's a pretty good port. I guess when Digital Foundry broke it down, once it's docked, it'll run at 60 frames per second, 1080p. When it's in handheld. Is Sunshine the one where you had like the water backpack with the fire hose? Yeah, that's that's Sunshine. Galaxy's the one okay. where like you're flying around in space and like you go from little planetoids to planetoids. You've got to deal with like gravity dynamics and stuff. It's interesting how they've worked that though, because that game was all predicated on you having a Joy-Con and like moving it around screen to pick up things on screen. And if you're playing in handheld mode, you can't do that. So it's you've got to touch the screen to do things you'd wave mm-hmm. at the Joy-Con with. But I guess when you play it docked, and I haven't done this yet, you can hold one Joy-Con in each hand, and it does a pretty good job of replicating the Joy-Con, ex- excuse me, the uh, Wiimote experience from the Switch. Nice. Or excuse me, the Wii. So that could be pretty cool. And I got a pleasant surprise on that. I pre-ordered this game because this is one that Nintendo was like, it's only going to be available until March. And then we won't have any available anymore. We won't sell it anymore. It won't be available digitally to buy. So evidently (laughs) everyone wanted to buy it. It was tough to get. I pre-ordered on Amazon and they have their pre-order price guarantee. And I got an email from Amazon yesterday that said, hey, there was a lower price on this. We're sending you back about $10.06 to knock the price down to what the lowest price was during my pre-order window. So I saved 10 bucks on it when it was all said and done. I was like, okay, cool. That's why Nintendo games, first party Nintendo games. I don't necessarily have a problem with pre-ordering because if I decide to keep it and the prices drop somewhere between when I do it and release date, Amazon going to give me more money. Nice. Uh, other stuff I'm getting into started reading some of the boys. I've got omnibus one. I've only gotten like 20 pages into it. So I haven't gotten very far on it yet. I, uh, the only game I played was Mario All-Stars. I was a guest on the Geekly Speaking podcast this week. Episode three is what I was on where we talked about all of the Xbox announcements, everything that had come out, the Xbox Series S and X and the all access price points and things like that. It was a really interesting conversation. And I do believe they're going to have Willie on there sometime soon. He was talking to me about uh, asking me what my experience was like on there because I think he's going to go on there and talk about PlayStation stuff with him. And for those that aren't aware, this is a... Uh, Jason, who used to be on the Digital Soup podcast, Digital Soup podcast is now shut down. They're all kind of doing their own independent projects. But Jason's doing this uh, video gaming podcast where usually Dave from Digital Soup is on from time to time and he brings in guests and stuff like that. And they talk about pretty much 
what games you're playing and then focus on one specific story and talk about that. So it's a pretty focused podcast each week. I've really enjoyed it. I retweeted the link for the episode I was on. You guys can find that on my Twitter account if you want to go and check it out yourself. And then watched episode five of The Boys. So I'm all caught up on that. It's freaking brutal. Homelander, when he's imagining destroying all the protesters. <laughs> that part was Ooh, awesome. Geez. Or when the female rips a dude's face off. Also uh, brutal. Yeah, fa- brutal. face peelingly good. Yeah. And then I will say this. I mentioned it to Anthony in pre-show. I last night finished lucifer i'm caught up all the way through the entire run of lucifer so far just left off after episode eight of season five waiting for the back half of season five which i don't know when that comes out because they hadn't filmed the finale yet before covid so i don't think they just i think they just got back on set so we've probably got a little while until they finish filming that and then get that ready to come out i'm hoping it comes out like december time frame or something like that because i don't want to deal with this cliffhanger damn it (laughs) yeah cliffhangers suck but I will say this: the uh, it the, was an awesome cliffhanger, though, isn't it? That that introduction of a new actor into the series is the end of where they're at. It's like, oh shit! It, it was appropriate for the character they wanted it to be. I was like, you know, I buy that as character name redacted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's almost as good as mom. Yeah, like I I still think Lucifer's mom is probably the best surprise in the whole show. It's like, oh, that's that's God's wife. Yeah awesome <laughs> but uh, tom ellis continues to just be fantastic every time i see he's, you can tell he's having fun with the role and in season five they introduce his twin brother michael and the way he plays the two characters differently between himself as lucifer and as it's michael creepy, like right he it's it, fucking yeah, creepy it's creepy he uses completely different he's an americanized accent for michael which is really good but it's more like how he carries himself as michael like you can see like different body language in the way he walks yeah. and the way he gestures like he's, you wouldn't know if you looked at them and just saw them, you'd be like, oh, they've, they've got two guys that are playing. They look really similar. How the hell does this happen? When it's yeah. Tom Ellis playing both. And he just does such a good job of sinking into this other character. And yeah. It, Hashtag awesome. Michael's a dick. Michael and Lucifer. He plays them as different as Christopher Reeves did Clark and Superman. Yes. And that, that might be the best way to describe it. person when he plays that character. And it's creepy. It's super <laughs> creepy when he's playing Michael pretending to be Lucifer and then slips back into being Michael. And you can just suddenly yeah. kind of see him transform himself just in the span of a couple seconds, the way he holds himself. And you're like, oh, holy crap. Yeah, that reminds me, speaking of which, there was also the small news article that Tatiana Maslany is getting to play She-Hulk. She-Hulk. I finally started watching Orphan Black and watching an episode where she's like the first episode and she's trying to take over one of her like her dead twins life. And so she's watching a video of that twin and trying to mimic herself, mimic herself. It's it's so fucking weird to watch an actor do that. So like she's playing like Sarah, but then she's trying to be Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And so she's watching a character that it's her on film. And then she's trying to mimic it, but not do it perfectly the first time. I can't imagine the skill level that that takes. Right. And I, I will yeah. say I was talking to Naki on Twitter about Lucifer because she'd seen that I'd started watching it and she was a little ahead of me. And once we hit season four, I was like, huh, well, I can tell when we hit the season four mark on Netflix because everything changed. And she just sends me a tweet back, butts. And I was like, yep, that's pretty much yep. it. Everyone starts showing and, their ass. <laughs> and it's not the asses that you really expect to see as much. Because, yeah, it's, it's basically Tom Ellis spent a lot of time in the gym in the off season before season four. And then he did it in season five, too. Yeah. He's not a bad looking guy. I no. mean, <laughs> I've really enjoyed that show. I was a late comer to the show. I fully acknowledge it. 
I, I really enjoy it. And it's, it's really cool to see how it morphed after marathoning it from what it was in season one to what it's become in season five, where the supernatural aspects were sprinkled in in season one, but it was more about, hey, we're going to do crime solving and we've got the devil involved in things too. Now it's like, uh, Lucifer and his twin brother are fighting over are fighting with Amenadiel and his half Nephilim child. And you're like, wow, we've just gone full on biblical at this point in time. Yeah. It's my favorite cop procedural. Yeah. It, it's really good. <laughs> I will say like in the beginning, I was like, Oh, this has kind of a castle like vibe to me. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't have that castle like vibe anymore. <laughs> no, no, it, it, It's more supernatural than it is castle. Yeah. It's like, Oh no, it's just, everything's fairly normal. The guy can spin a coin and make people say something. Like they start off real easy. What is yeah, it? By the end of season four, desire. it's gods and demons fighting and it's just ramped up. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I dig the show. I am happy. I got caught up, but I'm sad at the same time now because now I've got to wait for the next half season to drop. And that bums me out a lot. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm just stoked because yeah, they've announced that it's going to have a sixth and final season. Mm-hmm. So the writers apparently uh, during their DC fandom, they talked about all they wanted was to do the musical episode which they've been trying to fight for that for, I guess, like over two years. They figured out a way to make it make sense in canon. So we And we got a clip of that during the DC fandom. So we are getting a musical episode. But then they also said that they were finishing season five, and the numbers were so good that Netflix was like, hey, do you guys have another season? And they're like, no, we're done. Like, this is this is it. Like, we're, we, fin- we, we told the story we want to tell. And apparently, I guess, like the next day, the showrunners called each other and were like, I think we have an idea. And so nice. they like had an entire, another an entire arc and said, if we tell this, then that's like the perfect ending. And so like they went into it knowing it's going to be the last season, wrote the entire thing, knowing it's the end of the show. Like the idea of having that much forethought and knowing this is where it's going to end. We have a good ending point at five, but like, this is where our show is going to start middle and end at the end of the sixth season. Like when writers get to do that going into it ahead of time. And now with the extra, I mean, COVID sucks, but they got extra prep time for writing. So like they can sit at home and write all they want and fix problems and mess around with characters and do all that. So yeah, I I think the, the final season of Lucifer might be some of the best television we ever get to see. Cause it's on Netflix with no restriction. The cast and crew love the show they're making and they all just seem to have a damn good time together, which is the best possible you know, option you can get for a show. Yeah. From what Tom Ellis had said, uh, they're writing season six right now. And from the interview I had read, it was once they go back and finish the finale of season five, they move right into filming season six. So like, as soon as they're back on set, they're going to finish it all off is the plan. And I, I don't remember when this interview was dated, but it should be soon. COVID restrictions, notwithstanding or co or, bear in mind COVID issues rather yeah. that they're supposed to be back on set soon. Yeah. Cause they're, they're setting up sound stages all over the place. Yeah. Getting them ready for hopefully, you know, I guess keeping people like in their trailers and fucking under quarantine and lockdown. No one's running out to grab an espresso in the middle of the uh, middle of the shoot anymore. Well, I mean, if you, well, I'm going to take this back to AEW for a second. It's been proven that if you follow the right protections and you have the right testing, you can successfully pull it off because the folks that are coming in to do AEW Dynamite, they're not staying in Orlando forever or Jacksonville rather forever where they film it at Daly's place. They're all going home in between. Like they might do, they'll do a live show and like a television taping in a couple of days and then they're gone for two weeks, but they're all coming back and they all get tested prior to coming in. They do like a rapid test and one of the blood tests. And once they are in for the day, 
you don't get to leave. You have your little wrist strap and you'll see them all with those like yeah. vinyl wrist straps on that say you've tested clean and you don't leave until your stuff is done. You stay on site in that bubble. You stay with your mask on unless you're out in a place where you aren't supposed to be wearing it for the stuff you're doing and uh, knock on wood. I'll actually knock on some here. It's worked so far and they've gotten to the point now where they have limited crowds back 10% capacity, but they have them sectioned off from all of the staff yeah. and things like that, where they can't get to the people and they have them do the temperature checks and things like that when they come in and they have them socially distanced and they have to stay with their group that they came in with. And if they take their mask off, security escorts them out. And if they want concessions, it's all self-serve concessions and stuff like that now. So they have figured out a way and you're starting to see it with sports. Also MNFL and college football where they've found limited ways to make this stuff work. And if you can pull that off, that's great. But the first time something slips through the cracks, I think it ruins it. So they've got yeah. to be really, really vigilant. Well, and I mean, and I, I think, I mean, it's more bad news, but I think I saw on the news the other day, like, like a 29 year old, like fully healthy doctor, like caught it and died within like a 24 hour period. I don't so, remember like, what the period was, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like someone like that was very young and healthy caught it and died within a, such a short amount of time that it shocked people again. So like there's, there's still dangerous shit out there that like they still don't understand about this whole thing, which is that's the really scary part. Right. So keep being safe. People's what it comes down yep. to. I, I wear your damn mask, wear your mask, keep, <laughs> keep the hand sanitizer around things like that. I, I have, gotten slightly more comfortable feeling like i can make a trip out to the grocery store or something like that if i need to so i've made a couple trips to the grocery store myself where i've actually gone in instead of doing a pickup order and things like that but i'm still wearing my mask all the time anytime i come get out of the grocery store slather my hands in hand sanitizer unload the car slather my hands in hand sanitizer again drive home unpack the groceries in the driveway bleach wipe them down transfer them into my reusable vinyl bags and then bring them inside. So I'm probably going overboard still, but yeah, wear your mask. Yeah. As someone that's got um, lung issues and is basically deathly afraid of catching this fucking thing. Cause I'm pretty sure it'll kill me. Yeah. I still, I, I love the option now of um, calling ahead and having my groceries ready to go to where I just show up to Albertsons. I open up the back door, my, my Saturn, they toss everything in the back along with the receipt and I drive home. Yep. And like that's I don't why have to run into anybody. It doesn't cost anything extra. Like, it's fantastic. I've been doing the same thing at Kroger. So, like, literally the only time I leave my house is I've had to go to work twice since March. And then it's been to go to the grocery store and pick things up or to go pick up, like, a pizza or something like that that I've ordered at places where the way they have it set up is you arrive, you call and tell them you're there. They bring your pizza out in a plastic tub and set it on a table by the front door. They go inside the door, wave at you, and you go pick up your pizza, toss it in your car, and leave. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my neighbors might think that one of the Pizza Hut delivery people lives with me now because yeah. there's just always a Pizza Hut delivery truck in my uh, in my neighborhood. And they're, yeah, I love it. They come up. I have an old art desk that I just put up on my porch because I wasn't using it, didn't need it for anything. So, like, it's out there. It's got a little ashtray for my few friends that still smoke. And yeah, they just come up and put my piece on the on the on the art desk and walk away. Yep. They don't they don't you know wait for anything. You don't sign for nothing anymore. It's like nope, drop my food and go away. Yep. About twice a week, I end up ordering stuff that's delivered via DoorDash or Grubhub. Do something very similar there, and then I fully acknowledge that I did sign up for HelloFresh again because it just made it simpler and I could stretch out my grocery store visits. So I get three week three meals a week that are shipped to me. 
to then prepare nice. for my wife and I. And this is not me trying to plug and promote, but I do have four giveaway ones. It's like a week free trial for folks. So if anyone but wants, we will one, if they want to sponsor us. Right. And, and <laughs> more why I mention this is I got four to give away. If there's someone that wants one, hit me up on Twitter. I'll send you the stuff because it'll give you a week for free and you can cancel after that first week and get a chance to try it. In the very least, it gives you three meals you can pick, try, and not have to worry as much about going out to the grocery store. Now, I think it only works if you haven't used the free trial before. So just mm. something to consider. And I'm not saying this to try and give someone a code and get referral codes, anything like that. I don't think I get anything for these free ones. They're designed to kind of hook people to make them want to stay on board. So if anyone wants one, hit me up on Twitter at the Chris Farrell or hit up the podcast account too at ATG and podcast and let me know. And I will send one to you via DM or something like that. That being said, I think, I think we knocked this thing out of the park. I think we're done. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else. I'm trying to think. You can, you can hit me up on Twitter and I'll tell you why Zack Snyder was wrong in his tweet about Batman. Because <laughs> guess what? The guy who doesn't get Superman also doesn't get Batman. Shocking. I am shocked. Shocking. Just shocked. <laughs> he just doesn't understand superheroes. Well, he the understand- guy makes beautiful movies. Quit letting him work with superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm happy people are excited about the Snyder cut. I don't think it's going to be that much better, to be honest. It's going to be a Zack Snyder movie still, which means if it's a superhero Zack Snyder movie, I'm probably going to have issues with it. It's still going to be the worst version of The Flash they've ever put on film that has no reference whatsoever to any comic book. And it's four hours long. Four hours! Yeah, nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. Four hours of bad Batfleck jokes. I thought she was with you. I I guess I just want my superheroes done by the Russos, not by Zack Snyder. Or the yeah. Russos or Taika Waititi and, and or Taika. stuff like yeah. that. And <laughs> so let me spin that real quick. It's not that I'm like Marvel's better. I just want a more deft touch on things where it's not like grim, dark, everything's sad. I'll be honest. After Thor Ragnarok, I would love to see a Taika Waititi Superman. I would like to see yeah. the man of tomorrow done by Taika Waititi. I would like to see what he would do with Kal-El. I'd like, I, that would be fucking interesting. I'd like to see Taika do the Legion. Ooh, yeah, that. that would be cool. Yeah, like the 35th century Legion. Yeah, so like not even like the 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 Superboy one, but like the full f- distant. Yeah, like yeah, fucking Brainiac Five and Lightning Boy and all that. Yeah, tell yeah, me that, that wouldn't that, be fun. Oh, that could be fucking good. <laughs> That's better than a James Gunn Suicide Squad right there. Fucking a Taika Legion. Ooh. I wouldn't mind a James Gunn Legion either. Let's be honest. I would like to see what I want to see what Taika Waititi would do with Matter Eater Lad. Yeah. He would figure out a way to make that the coolest character ever. Let's be honest. <laughs> I just want to see Taika Waititi do more stuff. And the best True. thing that ever yeah. happened to me was be like, I love Thor Ragnarok. And people be like, well, you should watch some of this other stuff he's done. And be like, I love all of this stuff too. Give me yeah. more Taika Waititi content. <laughs> yeah. The, the dude has a very different view on the world. And I just love it. I watched his Ted talk on creativity. It's such a strange TED talk. Yeah. Because it's Taika. It's Taika Waititi. Like, yeah. It's, it's so cool. I mean yeah, this like, in the he, best he way possible. Unique, he is a unique human. Yeah. Yeah. In the best way possible, he's a strange dude. But I don't mean that <laughs> yeah. as an insult. His his quirkiness and things like that, it gives his films and everything he does such a unique twist. And I love it. Like, had you told me that Thor Ragnarok was going to be like a crazy comedy, blah, 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 I wouldn't have believed you. And then I watched it. I'm like, well, yeah, it's comedy, but it also like hurts at points too. We were like, oh, these moments where Thor and Loki realize that everything between them, it's probably over at this point in time. And Thor's got to move on. Like, it's a good movie. He's yeah, a very, that, he's a very gifted it's filmmaker. Planet Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of Greg Pak's greatest stories and they snuck it into a Thor film. Yeah. 
Uh, let's just put it this way. He's a very gifted filmmaker and Kevin Feige well, has done a very good job of finding gifted filmmakers and giving them a chance to do things in the Marvel universe, which then puts a bigger spotlight on them and everyone goes, cause I'll be honest, had a Taika Waititi not done Thor Ragnarok, I don't know that I would have gotten to what we do in the shadows and things like that. But since he did, I was like, Oh, Taika Waititi, he did Thor Ragnarok and that was awesome. And you're telling me I should go check this out. Okay. That's two reasons to go check it out. And then I really, really enjoyed it. Well, see, and I was a James Gunn fan because of Slither and Super, but I don't think Brightburn would have done anywhere near as well mm-hmm. if the whole world hadn't been introduced to the Guardians of the Galaxy by James Gunn. Yeah, I think that's something that's been very interesting to see with this current phase of Marvel movies, or the last two phases, I guess, bringing in different directors, with different tastes of how to do things, and then seeing what those directors get to do afterwards and seeing what it yeah. does to their career. Like, let's be honest, did anyone expect the Russo brothers who did Community and Arrested Development <laughs> <laughs> to give us arguably the best Captain America movie ever, which was Winter Soldier, and then give us the spectacle that was Endgame that I don't know how you ever meet again in the future because of all of the expectations it would be on something. And well, they, and starting with the spectacle of Civil War. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, they they, they amp things up like crazy. <laughs> yeah, go, go and look at the directors and things that they've had and all the people they've had with such different tastes and flavors of how to do things. And like, I'm really stoked to see what sam raimi's gonna do with a doctor strange movie for instance that's gonna be awesome and it's gonna be a horror-based doctor strange movie so you can't tell me sam raimi's not gonna be an interesting choice for that well it just makes me wonder what the chin's gonna do in that movie because let's be honest you know the chin's gotta be in it mysterio from earth 616 or something like that i hope there we go yeah wouldn't that be cool (laughs) that would be awesome yes okay guys i fully acknowledge i'm a marvel mark make mine marvel i prefer marvel movies prefer marvel comics things like that but i enjoy a lot of things in dc i just don't care for the current shape of things when it comes to their movie universe right now. I'm cautiously optimistic. There's rumor Henry Cavill signed a new three-picture deal for Superman. I just hope Zack Snyder's not directing those Superman movies because I think you need someone who understands Superman and Henry Cavill will be freaking fantastic in that role. Say what you want about Whedon's Justice League. The Superman moments felt more like Superman than he ever has since Christopher Reeves in the movie. When he shows up in the blue suit, not the dark blue suit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a very different Superman. Honestly, and, I mean, they and they proved it too with Shazam. The fucking DC movies don't have to be dark. They can be bright and colorful and kitty and still be fun and yep. still be well made. Yep. I just rewatched all the DC movies. Honestly, I've rewatched Batman versus Superman. I rewatched um, Aquaman. I rewatched the Justice League. And yeah, like there's good stuff in all of them, but like Shazam has more heart than all those other movies combined, and it's a more entertaining film. Like. It nails the character from the comic. Superman's not supposed to be dark, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's fun it's not to the do. 90s. You know, Elseworlds <laughs> stuff where you play with that, I'm kind of okay with that. But when you're trying to yeah. make like your prime universe Superman, grim, dark Superman, I just, it doesn't work for me. And if it does for other people, I'm glad it works for you. It's fine. That's what, that's what's great about comics and movies and stuff like that is everyone can have their different take. It just doesn't necessarily no. mean everyone has to like that take. And there's nothing wrong I with that. I still got my box set of Christopher Reeve Superman films that I can go watch whenever I want. <laughs> that being said, we are going to shut this thing down here in just a couple of sec- Well, a couple minutes, really friendly reminder. We do stream this podcast live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern 10 a.m. Central over at geeks.live. That is the official streaming home of the Gunna Geek Network. We also rebroadcast it out on YouTube, Twitch, a variety of places, but geeks.live is your easiest way to find the show. If for some reason I forget to update the geeks.live page, 
Your backup will be nerds.live, which redirects you straight to my Twitch page, which is the primary site we or the primary site we focus on for broadcasting things. It's in wow. It is in fact the chat room that we embed in the show comes from the Twitch chat room. Just as a friendly heads up for folks. That being said, I think we're done. You got anything as we wrap things up, Bachman? No, I think that's it. Uh, well, check in next week, guys, as we find out whether Willie got a PS5 and if I am successful in procuring an Xbox. <laughs> I don't know if I will be or not, but we'll find out next week. Geeks.live. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek Radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us at atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.